Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Welcome back to America's Heroes Group with our roundtable and our partner, National Nurses United. Today is Saturday, January 21st, 2023. January is Cervical Cancer Awareness and National Blood Donor Month. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Claymore, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith and our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have our partner back with us, Adelina Marshall. She's a VA mental health RN. And our panelist, Cecilia Sharad. She's a nurse recruiter. And we're going to talk about the press conference at the Capitol building in Springfield on February 1st. And also a thing called Section 742 of Title 38 of the U.S. Code, which prevents nurses and union, nurses unions to engage in collective bargaining, arguing about pay to try to get paid more. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing uh, very good. Thank you. Yes. So, Adelina, we're happy to be on this show. I'm glad you came. And uh, thank you for inviting us. Yeah. So, Adelina, tell us about this. Tell, start us off. Um, give us some information and background about Section 747422 and what that means and what you guys are trying to get accomplished with this. Well, 7422, um, this is uh, the nurses, doctors, social workers are considered Title 38 of the U.S. Code. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the nurses, this limited the collective bargaining rights of um, nurses and other certain professionals at the VA. Um, this was added in 1991 uh, to the U.S. Code Section 7422, and this only allows certain professionals to bargain. This hampers our ability, and um, Cecilia can can comment more on that as far as being able to recruit uh, mm-hmm. nurses to um, to the VA because there's other hospitals that pay them more. Um, some of them even working through the agency where their pay is probably triple what they're mm-hmm. making at the VA in certain areas. So right. we're asking that this 7422 is overturned. Congress um, has approved it, but now it has to go to the Senate. And um, we're asking all our listening audience, their family and friends, all the veterans, to call their representatives and to encourage them to to overturn 7422 so that the nurses at the VA will be able to bargain for pay. We, as federal um, employees, we're not allowed to strike. And we're not looking for that. We're looking to be able to bargain a fair raise, uh, wage and to um, make our nurses uh, attract higher-skilled higher nurses to the VA. Because right now, uh, Jesse Brown, we have uh, Mount Sinai behind us. We have uh, St. Mary's down the street. We have Rush. We have Strogers. And we're all competing for the same uh, limited resource, and that is RNs. And um, we think if we can offer our nurses a better pay package, we know we will will not be at the top of the pay package, but 
we want to be able to offer them a better pay package that would make them more interested in coming to the to the VA and caring for our veterans. Right now, as the news and everybody's aware of the nurses um, in New York that had to go out for wages, uh, everybody's aware of the acute shortage of RNs and how this impacts the health care. And the VA has lots and lots of programs. Oh, every day we're talking about something else they want to be able to offer to our veterans. But how are we going to be able to do that if we don't have the nursing staff to support those programs? Wow. So, Cecilia, so tell me a little bit more from your perspective. You're a recruiter. And so when, yeah. you're, so when you're going to try to get nurses to come to the VA, uh, so Adelina told us that, that they're, you've got to compete with people that are going to pay three times as much. It's true. So, um, and I've been in the nurse recruiter role for about a year and a half now. So I was a staff nurse, went into the nurse recruiter role. And um, coming into the pandemic and now out of the pandemic, where nurses were getting um, $150 to $200 an hour going into the pandemic, we're competing with that at the VA. And I, I there was a, a I want to say, eight-year period where the VA nurses got no increases whatsoever. Wow. So, again, um, coming out of the pandemic for eight years not getting an increase, as a nurse recruiter, I'm trying to recruit nurses, and they're coming in, and they're asking, well, what is your pay scale? And, of course, they're comparing our pay scale to the outside pay scale, and I can tell you I've had multiple nurses that have turned it down. Like, no, we can't take a pay cut. We would love to come and work at the VA and and care for our active duty and veterans, but I can't afford to take a pay cut. So what the um, 7422 does is it takes away the ability for us to bargain. So if we can't um, bargain for our nurses, bargain for the facility, bargain for our veterans and our active duty, um, we cannot not only recruit nurses, we cannot retain the nurses we have. There are nurses that work two jobs. Um, They're trying to keep up with their bills. Because, again, like I said, for multiple years, we got no raise. We got the cost of living raise, but no significant raise. Um, So we really need this to not just recruit nurses into the door, but to retain the nurses that we do have. And when I say nurses, like it's just not RNs. It's like Adeline was saying, LPNs, RNs, CNAs. This is all nursing across the board. So it allows us, uh, or I should I say, it allows the facility to competitively compete with outside facilities. I work at North Chicago where we've merged with a federal facility. So we take care of veterans as well as the, as the active duty. And just as Adeline said, we have multiple hospitals that are you know, maybe 10, 15-mile radius. So we're competing with these these outside facilities. And I can actually tell you, we have nurses that have left the VA, like I said, because they have families too. They have bills too. So, again, if we're not competing, we will lose our nurses. If we're not competing, we will not recruit any nurses. I mean, I have sat down with nurses, and like I said, They've actually told me I would love to come in and work for the federal facility, but I cannot take a pay cut. You have to be a saint 
in order to do the work that you're doing because you're dealing with when you're dealing with veterans, particularly in certain settings, especially after we just wrapped up Afghanistan, you have a lot of people coming back. They're amputees. A lot of people coming back, they have PTSD. A lot of people coming back, they have all kinds of health issues that mm-hmm. are unique to veterans and unique to people that experience physical trauma, burns, all kinds of things, being exposed to toxic chemicals, um, mm-hmm. th- things that take a, a, an acute awareness of the specifics of what a veteran goes through when they go through combat or if they've been just being on a, a military facility overseas even. Mm-hmm. But then you got to be a saint to be able to take a third of the pay when you know you're qualified to work in any hospital in their neighborhood. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and um, prior to being the nurse recruiter, I actually was a case manager on the DOD side for active duty. And then I went into case management for the veterans, um, the mental health. So it was called um, MICM, um, Mental Health Intensive Case Management. So I've seen both sides. I've worked with both sides. And you're absolutely right. They're both unique. But like you said, um, you have to love what you're doing. And the nurses we do have at the VAs, and Natalie can speak to, Heinz, they love caring for the veterans. They love caring for um, active duty. But, again, they have families, too, that they have to prioritize. And, again, we need to be able, the union, our nursing union, need to be able to fight for our nurses. We do want to retain the nurses we have because they're quality nurses. But we also want to start bringing in, you know, new nurses into the door. Because we understand in five to ten years, we're going to have a huge boom where people are retiring. Mm-hmm. So now we're trying well, to... We're having... Uh, yeah, we're having that now. We, we'll hire. And then we've got... I've got... At Jesse Brown, I've got three nurses leaving by the end of the month who are retiring. And also, Cecilia can attest to this, that... We not only need bedside nurses, we need educators. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we're constantly have to stay updated. Uh, medicine is changing so fast. Medication, uh, IT equipment, bedside equipment. So we have to have educators also. So there's a lot that goes into running a hospital that maybe the general mm-hmm. public they see the bedside nurse, but behind the bedside nurse are other nurses and other, uh, you know, team members that, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that, that, that we need to support. And um, even if you look at the nursing homes and stuff, there's not enough nurses to cover the nursing homes. Some of those nursing homes, um, our techs who work in some of them, just recently reporting to me how there might be only one tech. Uh, the other techs aren't showing up, or they're going to an agency that will pay them more money. So mm-hmm. that's that's it's we're coming into a sad place, and for mm-hmm. the VA to drag their feet on on letting us come to the table to bargain uh, a wage that will maintain our nurses, encourage people to come there. So I I attended to IT. Uh, when IT was real hot, um, uh, you know, profession and everything, they were recruiting them out of school, pharmacists recruiting them out of school mm-hmm. with high wages without experience. But we have problems trying to get nurses. We are, are fighting administration to hire AD grad nurses. Uh, many of them are veterans uh, coming into um, nurses, the first stage of nursing, and we need them. So uh, this administration is supporting hiring people that that doesn't necessarily have advanced degrees. 
and we have nurses uh, who could do very well at the bedside to care for our veterans. So on February, we have 1st, wonderful and... programs for our veterans. We just don't have the people to deliver the care and the services. So on February first, when you guys meet at the Capitol Building, and so this is going to be in Springfield, correct? This is going to be in Springfield, and um, that that meeting is going to be for nurses all over the state. And what we're trying to do also is to get ratios because we have ICU nurses that are caring for uh, more patients than. Um, I won't say they're able to care for, but it, it will impact the care that an ICU patient is getting if, if I'm carrying three or four patients. Also, I work mental health. We have an extreme shortage uh, in mental health um, nurses and even the unit. We are constantly um, paying overtime and asking people to come in. And we're also limited as to how many hours we can work. So federal nurses, VA nurses, are only allowed to work 12 hours in a 24-hour period, 60 hours in a week. That's overtime. Mm -hmm. But private sector, they can work 16 hours, and they can work as as many hours as that facility will allow them. But because we want nurses to to be able to deliver uh, top-notch care to our veterans, we feel that if they work past a 12-hour day, that, you know, fatigue will set in. So now they're carrying a higher patient load. They're working um, the 12 hours, but instead of having, you know, specialty floors where, um, you know, like step-down or cardiac monitoring where they should have only about four and, and five at the very least, they might be carrying seven patients. So now that leads to more colds because you're not there to more closely monitor patient if their um, acuity starts changing. So and Cecilia can tell you about that. She's worked in mental health, and she yeah, can before, tell you the drier need. Yeah, before we get to that, I want to get more into, like, so when on February 1st when you have this, this hearing, is it going to be a hearing or is this a press conference? No, it's going to be a press conference okay. to, um, to um, let the public know uh, about the importance of uh, ratios. And I, um, you know, I used to, I retired from the airline and I'm telling our, our representatives that when a plane is ready to leave, that plane will not leave with one pilot short. It will not leave with one flight attendant short. It will not leave if the crew has not had their legal break. But in the hospital, when we're tasked with saving people's lives, Every day that we're there, even I who work in mental health don't know what emergency may occur. And I may have to, you know, go into emergency mode. And then I don't have the people to help me to, um, you know, to bring the crash card, uh, to call the code. Um, you know, I've got to run back to the office where I can holler out and maybe somebody's there and having to call the code for us. Well, when we're short, we don't have that. Wow. So who so so what do you does anything that that the state can do? What can the state do to try to change or affect section of uh, seven four seventy four twenty two on Title thirty eight? That's because Title thirty eight well, was what you guys fall under as far as employment classification in the U.S. Right. Section seven four thirty eight is federal, 
but the state can also pass uh, ratio laws for mm-hmm. the uh, hospitals as well as the nursing homes because let's not forget everybody comes into a hospital don't all of a sudden recover and go home and and dancing and everything. Many of them have to go into extended care facilities, Mm -hmm. and those facilities are also impacted. And that can happen to any of us at any time. This is not limited to a certain um, population in in America. I mean, this could be for anybody. And, you know, we had um, recently, maybe a few months ago, there was the big news uh, where that nurse, you know, had that horrific accident in L.A. and come to find out, uh, allegedly, that she had worked a lot of hours, possibly even 24 hours. Uh, We've had nurses that were delirious and had to be sent home because they're Mm -hmm. trying to stay there and care for our patients. I can attest to that. So this is the question that we came on our show and asked, and I asked you this question before in the past, but now it seems more clear as to what the bottom line is. If you can, if you can increase the wages and make their wages more competitive, so mm-hmm. that nurses will then not simply just choose to stay away from the VA system, start literally starving the VA system from talent, mm-hmm. then you can start getting to the issues of why is are why is there so few nurses working in the VA when we have all these veterans that need people to care for them? You might, so what are the ratios right now you're, you're talking about? Is it like one to three? Is it was it one to four? We have no ratios. We have no ratios outside of, I think, New York, those hospitals that just um, brought to the attention of, of the people in New York. I think in their contract they just got ratios, but the only area that has ratios that is a law is in California. Wow. And it works. However, here we don't have a ratio. We don't have somebody say it's Cecilia and I are working together and it's time mm-hmm. for her to go to lunch. There's nobody there to pick up her patient load while she's gone to lunch. So many times we don't even go to lunch. We, we come down with urinary tract infections because we can't even get the time to run to the bathroom. Mm. This is so true. And again, because there this is, is, this is depressing. Tons like, of short this staffing. is crazy. I mean, it's, it's, it is. It's, it's, and, and again, when you have short staffing and you're talking ratios, if someone calls off due to fatigue, due to being tired, or just due to a mental health day, that ratio goes up. So now you're picking up their load. Uh, if someone, so on average, like just think, tell me on average, how many patients would you normally see a night or see a day on a shift or a typical it, shift? It, it truly depends. It, it truly depends. We couldn't even give you a number. I mean, if you're on a med search floor, you can probably start out maybe five. Like I said, if someone doesn't show up to work, they can go up to six. Then when you're slammed. With patients being admitted on that unit, it can go up to seven. So, again, it does vary depend on, depending on the staffing, um, the need, the shortage, um, who's coming to work, who called off. So it, it does vary. What, so, what should like it be? What will be a, what's a realistic number so that if I'm a, somebody's in the hospital, if I'm a veteran, I'm in the hospital, what's, so that I don't, get, I don't get neglected if I have a heart attack in bed and the nurse is with somebody else while I'm having a heart attack? What's the safe mm-hmm. number of ratio that should be? It depends on the unit and okay. the yeah. the unions uh, have those, and and I'm not sure of the updated um, numbers, but it depends, like a step down or maybe a cardiac unit. I don't correct. I think their ratio should not be more than four, preferably three. Four, but maybe right. you can go to four. No, maybe four to five. Uh, 
I'm mid thirties. Yeah, mid thirties. Yeah, there's only so many hours in a, in a day. I mean, at the end of the. At the end but of the again, day. like she's saying, it depends on the acuity of the patient. If you have an acuity, means how sick they are. Mm-hmm. If you have a patient that's truly sick, that person is going to demand a lot of your time. I also worked ICU. I worked ICU for five years, and our ratio was literally one to two. So I was one nurse, and I can only take two patients because my patients were vented on multiple drips. Mm-hmm. So I'm literally leaving one patient room and going to the next patient room, going from that patient room, going back to this patient room because I have drips I have to hang up. I have medication that I have to give, hourly medication. You know, so, again, like she said, it depends on the unit, and it depends on the acuity, meaning the, how sick they are. The sicker they are, the right. more time you're in that room with them. Now, our doctor is right. And our patients are coming VA. in. Our veterans are coming in with, with more comorbidities than ever. Mm-hmm. They're aging. They're, they're dealing with heart disease, diabetes. All of this impacts the care that they need. So nurses are and Title again, 38, but are doctors also Title 38? Uh, yeah. Doctors. Yeah. We're, we're, we're trying to recruit doctors. We're trying to recruit uh, NPs. We're trying to recruit all kinds of specialties. LPN, CNAs, um, healthcare tax, same thing. I'm, I'm going to tell you, at North Chicago, we had a fourth of our LPNs leave. They literally left. And we were scrambling, like, and I had a, I think in June, I actually did a job fair. And I probably had three LPNs apply because, again, that pay was so low. They were like, no, we're not coming to the VA. You guys aren't paying anything. So, like I said, when you say nursing, it's every um, it, it's every healthcare service across the board. But this 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 is sickening. <laughs> I mean, how can you get? How can you be doing the same work for the same doing this? Something is such a, such an important task of taking care of somebody else's health, where it's a life and death situation. Literally, you work on on the at the front lines of life and death. This and, is crazy and, to me. I can't. I can't understand this. What do we need to do as veterans to support you to get that, get the word out, and also get our people that are lawmakers to look at this and take this seriously? I know last year, uh, the uh, National Nurses United had a uh, hearing at, at uh, in Congress. I know there were certain things that were, that were mentioned. All the points you brought up were mentioned then. What do we need to do to get this ball moving forward and get people to really look at this and see the inequity that this title uh, accomplishes? We got about ten seconds to answer that. Our veteran groups out there should contact their representative. They can join um, uh, February the first to go to uh, Springfield with us. Um, they can come to Washington. They can email uh, Washington. They they themselves are very very creative in getting Congress and the Senate to to listen to them. And this is. Really, this is for our veterans. They they are our national heroes. I mean, I really believe that. And the war now in Ukraine makes us all so much more aware of what our veterans have experienced or possibly could have experienced. And it's scary. And they need us to be there. We need to support them 100%. Adelina Marshall, Cecilia Sherrod, really appreciate your time. Thanks for bringing us information. And also, we are looking forward to see what comes out of February 1st on Section 7422 of Title 38 U.S. Code. Thank you for your time. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good night. 
Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.